Um, I was, <clears throat> we were talking about this. Well, I've had two conversations about this over the last three weeks with uh, some pastors and some missionaries at different times. And so we were talking about this in our, in our, uh, our staff meeting Monday. And so I want to just, just share a little bit of this, my heart, what I think is, is a happening. And I, and I don't want this to um, be overly negative. I don't actually think it's totally negative, but it, but it has a beginning that's negative. I think it's coming to a point in our country where just in the last year, year and a half, we've seen so much stuff that is just off the charts, crazy, not okay. I mean, literally think about this. Did you really think 10 years ago that that we would be, that a governor in the United States, that a governor would be arguing for murdering babies after they're born and calling it abortion. I mean, you think about what I'm saying. Did, did we really, did, did we, I, maybe I'm just being naive here, but I didn't think we would be having this conversation. I literally thought, that, you know what, that's, that's a bridge too far. They would, they would never push it. Even though it can be in their hearts, they would never push this. But, um, but, but which is proof of just this, this, this whole thing, that the direction our country's going right now is just very... It's, it's, Satan is fueling this thing like crazy right now. And, um, and there's so much anger and vitriol against God, against the things of God. This uh, house bill that uh, I was talking about Sunday morning, there's just so much anti-Christ stuff that's just blatant now. It's, not, it's no longer just um, kind of off to the corner. And so we were talking about this, and I think it's becoming a place. Uh, Josh and, and uh, Grant and I were talking, we were taking some stuff, and the uh, we were, we were talking about what is it going to look like. Uh, Sawyer just turned one a little bit ago, and and um, <clears throat> like two or three minutes ago, and and uh, and we were talking about what happens when when Sawyer is twenty five. On the on the the trajectory that our country is at right now, what happens when he's twenty five? And so after I had the conversation with him, I I usually call my oldest son at least almost every day, pretty much every day. And we just talk about what's going on in our worlds. And so I, I, it was heavy on my heart after talking with Josh about this and thinking about this with Sawyer. I got to, you know, I'm thinking about my granddaughter. And, and uh, so I called him and I'm asking him about some of this and we're talking about it and the things that are going on in our country and stuff like that. And uh, guys, it's, it's becoming, now this is, this is the negative, but I think there's a huge positive with this. The, our country is getting to the point where, and, and at at the rate we're going, the, 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 time, the timeline is, in my opinion, speeding up very quickly right now. It's like sands through an hourglass, so are the days of our lives. So um, it gets quicker, you know, it gets quicker as he goes down, right? Uh, so I think the timeline is being moved up, but it's getting to the point where you, you, being a Christian in the United States of America is going to be challenging. It's, it's going to be very difficult. And I was thinking about this um, when I was in China, not this last uh, few months, but uh, years before this. And uh, being there in China, we, we got to talk with, with Christians, but we had to be very uh, uh, covert in talking with Christians. And when I came home and told my boys about it, they're like, Dad, you don't really have to. Yeah, you really do have to. You have to be very covert about this. I met with some of the church one time in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock in the morning, and and it was, 
they, they called me up and come down to this room. We were in a large hotel. And I go running down this room, and they're in a room. But, but we didn't go to an underground church service. We didn't do it, be, and I wouldn't even wanted to because it would have threatened them because the Communist Party was part of our translators and all that kind of stuff. And so <clears throat> I was thinking about this. We did go to some church services that are called the uh, Three Self Church. All right, That's the nationally okayed church in China. They can't talk about anything the government doesn't approve, which means they can't talk about Jesus. They can't talk about salvation. They can't talk about forgiveness. They can't talk about freedom. They can't talk about grace. They can't talk about any of that kind of stuff. But they still have church services. And I, I think it's getting to a point in our country right now today where it's, um, there is going to be the okay church, the above-ground church in our country, the okay church, and by the way, I know this is a little critical, but I do believe this. I think we've already started going down that road so much already that a lot of the churches in America won't have to change. They just won't. They're not really talking about Jesus. They're not talking about salvation. They're not, and I'm going to talk about that a little Sunday, so I don't want to, I was about to give you some of my statistics, but they're for Sunday. But, um, but there'll be an above ground church that the government's okay with, that the LGBT community is okay with, that the abortion group's okay with, and that'll be the above ground church. And then there'll be the other. And this is going to be people that are truly sold out to Jesus Christ. And they were very passionate about their relationship with him. And this is, this is the conversation I was having with Josh and our pastors and my son and, all, and some, some of these pastors and, and missionaries and stuff is when it comes to that point, it will actually be good for the church in America. I don't like the idea of my grandchild, grandchildren. Hopefully, my children will be more procreative than they're being so far. But, um, <clears throat> but I'm I'm I don't want them to have to go through that. I had a growing. I grew. I was a teenager in the '80s. That was like the Reagan years. Everybody was making money. Everybody was doing things. Everything you could want was right there. That's where all these dot coms started. That's where all these tech group starts where Bill Gates got started. That's where jobs got started. I mean, all this stuff. And my, my grandkids are not going to grow up in that. But here's the thing is we have created such a plastic, fake Christianity in America today that it's not about transformation, the salvation of a soul. It's not about turning away from sin and turning to Christ. It's about just going to a church. Can, can, can you, who, who can be the coolest group out there? And, and that's, that's going to change. I already think that, that the church in America is already pretty much irrelevant. But I'm saying the, the, the topical. But it's going to become more so to the point where it's exactly like I saw in China. They all, they get together, they have church, they dress up, they do all the stuff, they have songs, they do everything. But it's not actually real. And then there's the others. The people that are saying, I want to do something. Now, why am I saying that? Because I really do think that that mindset, when I'm looking at this stuff and we're thinking about this and processing, we're like in the infancy of this, but the mindset to say there has to come a moment when you make a decision, and, and we're all doing this all the time. I'm not saying we haven't. I'm saying you're, it's constantly evolving in our lives. But where you make a decision that says, Lord, I'm all in with you. All the other stuff is, is irrelevant. All the other stuff is just whatever it is. Everybody can do what they want, how they want, but I'm all in with you. It's his spirit. It's his presence. It's the gospel. It's the, the word of God. Those, those are the foundations of our existence. 
And I think it's going to get to a point fairly quickly in our country where it's going to be separated. You know, to, to look at Jeremiah, the sheep from the goats kind of mentality. There's going to be a separation that says if you're truly a Christian, you're, you're going to have to go underground to some level. Because you're not going to be accepted in society or whatever. Now, if you just want to play church, you can keep doing what you're doing. But, you, but you'll, have to, you'll have to go underground if you're really passionate about Jesus. Okay? Now, with that, <clears throat> the, and, and I'll get, that'll, I'm gonna, that'll make more sense as I get to the bottom of this. But to, get, to go over our, our uh, church mission statement again. That uh, Church of Briargate exists to enable people under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to supernaturally draw close to Jesus Christ and to bring as many others along as possible. That we exist for us to pursue God and reach people. That's what we exist for. Um, anything that goes outside of that is not going to be who we are. Every now and then I have somebody come up and say, hey, as a church, you do this. In fact, I think um, um, uh, Shelby brought a, uh, some people were asking about using our facilities or whatever. And I think, and I may, this may be my interpretation of the moment, but what it felt like to me is at the end of our conversation, we talked about in our staff meeting, do we want to let them use our building and what are they doing on stuff? And at the end of the conversation, it was almost like, do we really want to put time and energy into this when it's not really moving anything forward in the direction of who we are? Do we really want to put time and energy into this? Because we, we, don't, we only have a certain amount of time and energy. What are we trying to do? We're trying to pursue God with everything. And what we're going to be unfolding tonight, and then we're going to be discussing it, and then we're going to look at it more on the 17th, is how can we facilitate that better as a body? Pursuing God. How can we facilitate that better? And then how can we facilitate reaching people? Okay? You understand it's not the job of the church, and I'm saying the, um, the structure of what we would call Church of Browergate, which is uh, me as a pastor, our pastors. It's not the church's job to reach the lost. It is the church's job to reach the lost, which is people. It's not an organization. An organization can't win people to Jesus. Right? All we can do is try to provide structure and framework and stuff like that. It's, it's our job as Christians. How do, we, how do we really tell somebody about Jesus? How do we do that? And I've been hearing some good stories. This is part of what I was talking about uh, Sunday. Some of your testimonies, if you, when you're talking to somebody about Jesus and doing some of that, uh, come let us know. If you feel like you could video that and it wouldn't compromise who they are or whatever, come talk to us about that. That's some of the testimonies we want to hear is some of the conversations that you're having with people and what's going on uh, with that. So what are we doing? We're pursuing God, and we're reaching people. So these are our values. We've got, there's a whole list of values that we have as our church, but these are, we've, we've uh, narrowed it down to this, simplified it down to this, that we want everything that we do, in it, and I'm going to be bringing this up throughout tonight as we discuss things, is we want to put this as the priority. We want, we want to be excellent in everything that we do. Um, if you've ever been to the journey, my house, when we go over uh, the values, the, the journey across, the, this, is, this is one of the biggest for me that I pick on quite a bit. I grew up in the church. I've been a minister in the church since I was 20 years old. And it always seems like, well, it doesn't seem like, it has been uh, my experience over the years, that the church often gets the leftovers after everything else has been exhausted. Okay? You get the leftover resources, you get the leftover money, you get the leftover energy, you get the leftover competency, you get the leftover attitude, you get the leftover whatever. Time, leftover time. If I have, if I have enough time after I do all of this stuff and do all this stuff with my kids and all the school things and all the work stuff, and if, if I have enough time, right, after I've spent the money on this and this and this, I, I've told this before, I had a, a good friend of mine that was, um, 
um, that his sons, same age as my sons, and, uh, it, and his, the, the family just got saved, been Christian less than two years, and uh, his son wanted to go to youth camp. He had just got saved and wanted to go to youth camp and was excited about this. And uh, he came to me and he says, I know you understand this. He said, I just want to make sure you know so you could talk to the youth pastor. He says, our youth pastor was getting irritated because his father wasn't going to let his son go to, to the youth camp. And he said, you just, you, I just wanted to let you know you can talk to him. He said, um, we, really, we don't have enough money for basketball camp and youth camp, and so he's not going to be able to go to youth camp. And I, and I, I told him, Why are you telling me this like you think I agree with this statement? He said, well, you, you understand. I said, no, I don't. I said, I barely have enough for my, for my kids to go to camp. I had, I had two in youth camp at that kind of time. Eventually, we had three. One year, we had all three of them in camp. That'll sink the ship. But the, the, I told him, I said, I don't agree with this. I said, what is he going to get out of basketball camp? Well, he, he, you know, he might get a scholarship, and he might play, play pro and all this stuff someday, whatever. That is, blah, 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 blah. I said, but... Have you thought about what he's going to get at youth camp? Have you thought about that? And if we fast forward 10, 12 years later, the story's not good. I won't go into detail, but the story's not good. And I always think to myself, but at least he got to go to basketball camp that year. At least he got to go to basketball camp. And we give, we give our, if, if there's leftover, time, energy, resources, that's kind of the mentality in the church world sometimes. Guys, we're, we have to fight against that. We've got to give our best to God. Every time in Scripture when you see that, in sacrifices, in tithe, and every, first fruits, best, pick of the litter, everything's the first, the best, the best that you've got at all times. And that, so that everything about us is, that's actually, what that does is it shows priority. It, it gives, this is who I am. I give my best. Next thing is that we, uh, we want to try to be relevant. We're always looking. In fact, a lot of stuff we're going to discuss tonight is how can we be more relevant? How can we reach people doing what they're doing? Just relevant. Um, a statement that I, I put in the, in the uh, journey, when you go to the journey, you get the, this in your notebook, is that the church has to be relevant before it can re- be revelatory. And I came up with that statement myself. But um, w- the church tries to be rev- revelatory too often to, to, the, to the compromise of relevance. Until you are relevant to somebody and can literally speak into their life, either because of relationship or, or competency or whatever the case is, you're never going to have the opportunity to bring revelation of Jesus Christ to them. Because you, you've compromised the relevant, you, they don't see you as somebody that can speak into their life. You have to be relevant to them before that revelation, before you have the opportunity to bring revelation into their existence. Okay, So you have to be balancing that out. And, and there, somebody always brings up, well, you don't want to compromise the gospel. You don't have to compromise the gospel. The gospel is the most relevant thing that will ever happen. It is the most relevant thing in any person's life. Okay? So then the last part is that we want to be authentic. That It's really us. It's not some kind of, some kind of um, churchy kind of thing. <clears throat> All right? Um, one of the ways that I always look at it is this is one of the reasons, although this isn't common nowadays, but years ago we used to call each other when I grew up in church, everybody called everybody brother and sister, right? I, I don't do that. It's not, I don't think it's bad. I, actually, I still do it. I still call my father-in-law, Brother Miller, because I can't call him anything else. He was my pastor first. And so he's, people are like, you call your, you don't call him. And my, uh, my brother-in-law, Linda's sister's husband, calls him dad, freaks me out every time he says it. 
He's not dad, he's pastor. But the idea that I don't do that um, because this is what it, it clicked in my head one time. When you're in the grocery store, if you have to change the way you're talking to somebody in the grocery store compared to how you're talking to them at church, in one of those two places, you're not real. In one of those two places, you're fake. So are, are you fake in the grocery store or are you fake at church? You understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm saying that's what it came across to me. And so after that, I realized it sounds kind of weird sometimes to people to use some of the monikers and some of the language that we do in the church, and that's why I try to do that. I try to be authentic so that I am who I am at all times. You're not going to get a different me. You're not going to get a different me anywhere. I'm the, same, I'm the same behind the pulpit as I am on the softball field when we're playing softball. So some of you are like, why is everybody laughing? If you came to our softball games, you would understand that. We have a rule, I'm not allowed to tell them I'm the pastor. So, <clears throat> um, so, so be authentic. That's what we want. To, we want to be real. We want to be real. Be real. If you've, got to, if you've got to change the language or your posture or something to be a Christian, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Okay, Jesus was the same always. All right, so here's what we want to do. Um, in some of this, we're going to be setting some directions and goals for us. And so I was thinking about this. Uh, to set, to, when you set a direction or a goal, there's some basic things that I think you have to think about. One is when you set a goal, you have to do that to the exclusion of other options. Now think about what I'm saying. You, 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 have, to be, um, you have to be critical of, of all your options. You have to weigh your options and say, okay, if this is where I'm trying to get to, then I can't go this direction. To set a goal, you have to exclude other options that are presented to you. You have to, okay? Another thing with setting a goal is, is uh, to pursue this goal. First, you set the goal. Then as you're pursuing the goal, you have to prioritize within the, uh, even the options that you have. So you, you've, set, you've, you've narrowed down to a handful of options. Now you actually prioritize what those things are. You have to put them into categories of priority in your existence. And this is the same with anything. You say, well, I want to start a business. You, you, have, to, you have to very limit who you are. Then you have to actually prioritize. Once you've limited, you have to prioritize, what do I spend my time and energy on? I, I have this conversation every now and then with, with people that want to go back to, I'm, I'm, I'm um, um, I can't think of the term. I'm, I'm, I'm an advisor to two doctoral candidates right now. And one of the things that I tell them, I, I push it and I push it and I push it, is if you don't learn how to prioritize your time and your energies, and, and learn time management within something as, as big as a doctoral project. It's not the same as a bachelor's, and it's not the same as a master's. Okay? It, is a very, those, it is not the same. Okay? It's very different to do a doctorate. So much time, so much energy, so much other stuff. And I've told him, if you don't set some, go- some very specific goals and then prioritize those goals, what are you going to do at this time of the day? What are you going to do at this time of the day? What are you going to do at this time of the day? You, you won't get through this. You won't finish you won't get done, you'll burn out, you'll quit. You've got to learn to, to, to cull things out and then prioritize. Okay? It's the same with all of us in any element of our life. The second thing is to actually achieve the goal, you must stay focused. You must focus. Now that you've got the things you're doing and you're prioritizing, you've got to stay focused. I, I, I'll go back to the doctoral thing. I thought I can get done in two to three years. I'll just whip this out real quick. Because I'd done that in my bachelor's and master's. I'd, I'd moved much quicker than the norm. And I, I told Linda, I'll, I'll be done in a couple years. No big deal. And then, I'm sitting on something. And then, 
um, I realized I was full of it. There's no way to do that. You think you can't, but you can't. It takes just two years. It takes two years just to do your dissertation. That includes all your classes, all the other writing, all the reading, all the, just the dissertation, two years. And that's if you stay on top of it. So you got to focus. You can't lose focus. What does the scripture tell us? Don't get weary in doing well. Because as a Christian, it's going to be easy to do that. All right? So what are you aiming your life at right now? Think about this. What are, what is your, what are your aims? What are your goals? Um, where are you trying to head to? I just had somebody ask me the other day, do you know who Dave Ramsey is? They're, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure they're not a Christian. I know they're not a Christian. I've had conversations with them a little bit. And uh, they just brought it up to me. We're sitting in a setting, and, and they said, do you know who Dave Ramsey is? I said, yeah. Well, I just heard about him, and I'm going to start doing that. This person's in their 20s, uh, young 20s. And um, I said, where'd you hear about it? Well, they were this, and, and I said, you're going to stay on top of this. Yes, I'm going to stay on top of this. And, and I told them, if you actually follow through with what they do, your life will be better. Your life will be more solid. Your finances will be solid and everything. But you've got to focus. You've got to stay on track. Where are you trying to get to? What's your goal? There used to be a commercial on TV 15 years ago. Um, some bank had put this on there to encourage people to save money or something. But this couple were trying to buy a house. And so to keep their focus, he went and bought the front door and put it in his house. You guys remember that commercial? Okay, maybe I'm not old. But he bought this big front door and put it in their living room. So every day they could look at that front door and remind them that they were going to buy a house someday. So every time they were like, well, let's go out to eat tonight, they'd have to pass that door in their house because they're trying to buy a house. You got to, you got to, you got to, what is your aim? Where are you trying to get to? Do you have that? And I'm saying in a general sense, in your spiritual walk, in your your family life, marriage life, or whatever the case is, I'm trying to convince my oldest to have more kids. And in his head right now, he wants to buy a Toyota Tacoma. He's like, Dad, I need my Tacoma. That's, that's the most important thing for your child's grandfather? That's the most important thing? you got to set a goal, right? you got to know where you're headed with some of this. What do I want to accomplish this year? There's long-term goals or short-term. What do I want to accomplish this year? Let, let, let me ask just a couple questions for, for this, okay? Any of you set uh, some marriage goals this year? Anybody in here have a marriage goal this year? At least one. You say, this is a marriage goal that I have for this year, calendar year. Patricia? Do you want to tell us? You don't have to. <laughs> oh, cool. That is an amazing goal, Tricia. Because if a family that works out together stays together. No, that's a, that's a legitimate goal because it helps in a lot of ways. It doesn't just help... Physically, it helps chemically and emotionally and everything else. Um, Amy, did you raise your hand? Yes. Stay together. Stay married till the end of the doctorate. It's a legitimate goal. Um, Another marriage goal? Somebody's got something you say, hey, this is a goal I have this year? Yes, ma'am. (laughs) <laughs> Two dates a month with no children. Sergio? Yeah. 
Great goal. Solid goal. He said, take five minutes every morning before the day starts and pray together. Right? It's a solid goal. Your, your whole marriage will feel different for something like that. Your whole life will feel different for that. Your day will look better. Everything can be different just for that, just for that five minutes, setting it up. That's, see, these are the kind of things to say, okay, can we do this? Now, what's it going to take? It's going to take focus, right? This is one of the things um, some of the guys that I, I get together with as accountability group, we, we were talking about this. It had been a month and a half since we'd got together. It's the longest we'd ever gone. I was in India. That we, some of the guys were out of, out of the country, things like that. But this is something that, that, that Paul has already been talking about, and we're going to push a lot to the men this year, is you need some accountability partners. We're going to help you get those. We're going to help facilitate those for you somehow. But if you don't make a personal decision and stay on top of it, it won't happen. It'll be six months and you haven't met with this person. You haven't prayed together. You haven't, you've got to make the goal and then you've got to stay focused. Okay? You've got to stay focused. Families, getting together with the children and praying, having a devotion or something. Just, maybe just a quick uh, time of discussion at the family dinner table or something. If you don't make that a huge, huge priority in today's society, it's not going to happen. There's too much pulling at the kids. You've got to make that a priority. I've joked about this before, but we always prayed before we went to bed with the kids, and Lynn had already been in bed, and we'd call the kids in, and they'd climb up on the bed with us, and we'd, we started doing it before Emily was born. I mean, the boys were a little bitty, and, and um, it, it turned in every single night, turned in an hour and a half, two hours, just joking, goofing, laughing, doing all this stuff. We'd pray together. We'd talk about the day, do all that kind of stuff, and Linda used to get so mad at all of us. She would stay mad. She would like, can't we just pray and go to bed? So then you just say, okay, Linda, why don't you pray? You don't feel much like praying at that moment, do you? No, you don't. So, but, but to me, those are the things. I, I, know, it's, I know it seems like a, a silly thing, but my kids, when they come home as grown adults, they want to crawl up in the bed and us all pray. Even my daughter-in-law does that with us. They'll all come crawl up in the bed. We're all, we're all you know, half asleep because we're older now, but... They come knocking on the door and walking in, turn the lights on and call up on the bed. Four grown adults sitting on our bed. Because why? It's the thing. It's, we're bonding. We're doing, if, you don't, if you don't make those things happen, they won't. You have to make them happen. And anything, spiritual walk, same thing. Okay? You must prioritize this, whatever your goal is, you have to prioritize this over other things. Okay? So Trish is talking about... Um, Working out, well, it's going to be easier to stay in bed. It just is. It's, it's going to be easier. Those, those covers feel good. But if you say, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay? Purpose must be. When I put this down, Allison asked me, she said, is that the whole thing? Is there more after that? And I said, no, that's, that's actually it. Purpose must be. This is something I don't think we process sometimes. Um, statistically, let me ask this. Statistically, when a male, males are worse about this than females. Uh, when a male retires, statistically, how long does he live after retirement? <laughs> Without any assistance from the wife. Is, is that five back there, Anthony? It's less than five years. It's about three to three and a half years that a man lives after he retires. Why? Doesn't have purpose. Doesn't have, a, doesn't have reason for being. Doesn't have that, guys, this is part of what the, the, 
kingdom of God and how God has designed us and the things of spirituality are the most important things that you can gain to give in your life uh, is, is something you give to God. The greatest defining purpose that you can have is following God's plan for your life. Listening to God. doing it. it's, more, it's better than anything else out there. And there are some very um, rewarding things we can do in life. But, but walking the journey that God has doing those things is, is the most purposeful that you can possibly be. Witnessing to somebody and getting to pray with them. Man, that can, you talk about a, 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 a moment, a, a powerful moment for your existence. You get to pray with somebody. You get to do that. Um, that's, it's purpose. Purpose must be. It must be in our life. It must be a part of us. There must be a purpose for us. We have to have that. The second thing, the purpose should come from outside of us. Okay? You can also have internal purposes. In other words, I, I want to do this with my retirement plan. I want to do this. Whatever. But purpose, ultimate purpose must be external, and I believe it must be divine. Our ultimate reality of purpose must come from outside of us, not inside. The statistic I talked about a couple weeks ago, um, that um, um, this last week, that millennials, uh, are, I went through all the groups, but I focused on millennials, that, they, that the, the common thing with millennials right now is that Doing what makes you feel right is the reason you live. Guys, that won't sustain you. And that's why suicide rates are off the charts right now. Because we're just doing what makes us feel good, and that eventually becomes nothing. It becomes empty. Okay? Purpose should also, purpose does, it keeps us alive. keeps us focused. keeps us all the other things I've talked about. So we're going to prioritize elements for Church of Briargate this year. We're going to prioritize them in these categories. Corporate gatherings. Resources, what, what do we spend time and energy on? What is our focus um, and just the energy of like our services and who we are as, as a group? I'm talking corporately, not individually. You have to make that decision. What we're going to do is to try to corporately help in these arenas. But you ultimately have to make the decision. Who am I? What does God call me to do? And how am I going to do this? Okay? So here's what we got. We've got some lists of things for you. Okay, Nikki, can you help me with this real quick? Uh, make sure people get pens, and then I need some others to help. Make sure people get these. Donna, can you give some of those to Patrick there? He'll help you. So here's what we've got. We're going to have um, three basic categories this year that we're going to put focus on as a church. A lot of things can go under these categories. You'll see that. But we're going to have three basic categories. We've made a list of some things within these categories. What we want to do is we're going to talk about just a few of these to get... The, our brain moving, and then we want you to come up with ideas, and Allison's going to be back there, and she's going to type them up as you, as you say them, okay? And we're going to put any idea that comes up, we're going to put it up there, okay? Um, any idea that comes up, and you say, well, some of them may be legitimate, some may be not legitimate, whatever. Here's what I have found over the years. Just because, let's take Angie and Patrick. They, they're married, they know each other very well, but... An idea that seems legitimate to Angie may not necessarily seem legitimate to Patrick, right? So we're, gonna, we're just going to, every idea that comes up, um, assuming you're being serious, every idea that comes up, we're going to write those up there, okay? And you're also, also, uh, you, with the papers that we are giving you, have these three categories. Each sheet, front, one of them's front and back, each sheet has the, the three categories, okay? I mean, each packet. So these are the ideas that we've already come up with. 
we're going to look at the, some of those, and then you have the ability to write some things down, make notes for yourself down below that. We're going to then, um, if you want to say them out loud, we're going to put them up on the screen, but you may have some things written on your page that are just for you, I guess, but, but really we would like to know what they are. And then we're going to, you can write stuff on your page, and we'll also put it up on the screen in addition to because then what we want to do is we want to take a master list of this, and this is what we're going to talk about on the 17th, is we're going to present our master list to the, to the body at large, and we're going to have people sign up for some of these things on the master list. Does that make sense? Okay? So we're going to take each category at first by itself, and we're just going to kind of talk about the differences. We've got three basic things. Uh, the first one is outreach. Uh, the second category is life groups. And the third category is uh, connection, okay? Uh, community connection. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, the life groups has two things underneath them, okay? So the three categories are community connection, outreach, and life groups. Now, for life groups, we're trying to encourage every single person in our church to get involved in a life group. Two basic ways. Start one, join one. It's that simple. If you've got something on your heart, we're going to talk about this, that you think you, that would be a benefit that you could start, we want to try to help you do that. We'll help train you. We'll help facilitate it, send out emails for you. I mean, we'll do anything we can to try to help this happen. Uh, the second thing is, is um, join one, one that's already happening that you know that's out there. Maybe you're like, I just don't think I could start one. It is much easier to start one than you think, Okay. But there's also options to join one, and those are going to be built around a few basic things. Our two categories within life groups are that, that um, we're going to have one that's specific needs and then one that's um, relational or connecting, okay? And that is um, including, and we're putting a lot of emphasis on this, is to start a, a life group that maybe just in your community, uh, that you get, you know, two or three neighbors and just say, hey, once a month, you want to come over to the house and let's just have dinner together? Or um, Shelby started uh, one maybe a year, year and a half ago, something like that, where she just had some ladies in the community. She said, hey, we're going to get together for coffee or something like that at, at our house. They don't go to the church. They're not connected. To, they're not, I don't even think some of them were Christians. But that's the point is you can do this. Just think to yourself, you know, who, who do I... Who can I connect with? Your neighbors are a good place to start. Some coworkers that you have some commonality with. Um, some of the relational concepts that you can use to present the gospel is something like, um, this is the one that I've, I've thought about because some of our guys at Men's Retreat were talking about this, is to start a, um, a mountain biking life group. Just three or four people that you know that like to do this that are either Christians or not Christians, but specifically if you can, don't just start something that's just for Christians. If you can be creative about it, get a friend at work or, or neighbor or something that likes to do this that's not a Christian. Because just being around you and connecting and talking and sitting at lunch afterwards or something, you have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus through the process. Okay? So they can be very simple things. Some of, some of our life groups get together and just play games. Some of them have a prayer meeting. Some of them have a Bible study. There's all kinds of things that you can do. Very intentional that are trying to learn something or very intentional to try to grow together, okay? Very intentional to try to talk to somebody about Jesus. Very intentional to meet a specific need. Um, um, Sergio and Diana have a life group that is for married couples, okay? 
Well, that's a specific need. You have a specific need. I know that some of the ladies in the church were meeting for a while. I don't know if they're still doing this. But um, I know Linda was part of this some. But uh, some of the, the ladies were getting together and praying for unsaved children. And some of their kids were unsaved. And they just got together and prayed. That's a that's specific need. That's an easy life group to have. Okay? How can, how can you just... Get some gears in your mind, turn and saying, hey, here's some ideas for a life group. What can we do? Join one, start one. Relational, specific need. Those are very simple arenas, very simple categories. We could literally come up with ideas all night, but I want to start with this one and say, first I'd like to ask people that are already involved in a life group, stand and quickly tell us what your life group is about. Linda. Paul. Deaf ministry. Bible party. Sergio? Marriage? Yeah, Jim Warden's life group on, on Sunday morning. Which, by the way, Jim, I will say this in front of everybody. Uh, I've heard many people saying that they're really enjoying it. They're really, in fact, Donna was just telling me, solid stuff, you've done your homework, they're really getting a lot out of this. This is, this is a healthy life group. It's a solid life group. Every Sunday morning right now during uh, second service, uh, Jim's life group. Linda? Uh, young couples. No, you already have. You already have. Because um, Isaac and Marshall don't want to get up and come to. Okay, so. Um, so young adult marriage, right? Young adult, early 20s, mid-20s marriage stuff. Um, who else is involved or in a... Allison? Thursday nights, and it's adored? Is that what it's called? Adored. I ought to try that.
you know, j- just getting together with some of the people in the neighborhood, like he says, you don't have to say, hey, this is a, we're going to have a get-together so we can get you saved. That, 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 that doesn't, that's your intent in here, but it's just getting together with people. The conversation will come up. It will. Okay? Um, who else? Who's involved? Tom. And just in the last two weeks, I've had three um, guys. It's older guys because it's at 8.30 in the morning. But um, the, I've had three guys from the church that have come and asked me about it, and all three of them are now going to that. Bob and – I mean, I, it sounded like I invited them. I didn't. They just asked me, do you have something? And I said, here's Bob's email. Um, he'll tell you about it. And, and they go to it now too. Nikki. Game night every Friday night at the house with dinner. Don't forget dinner. Sandy? Yeah. 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 That's good. Well, plus you have your Friday morning um, prayer group. That's a life group. Liz? <clears throat> okay, so here is what I'd like to do real quick. Uh, to, not everybody at once so that Allison can put these things down, but come up with some ideas. We're not trying to trick you into starting something. We're not, it's not that kind of thing. Just, just brainstorm a little bit, and let's come up with some ideas for some life groups. What would you say? Grief share. Yeah, that's actually, we're going to talk about that in a second, too, in a different way. Somebody else said something? Fight night. Fight club. Nobody will know, though. You will? Sean has got fight club. <laughs> Daniel? Oh, good, yeah, fly fishing. Mike? Christine. Mike Foster. Yeah, there are actually some in the community, but it'd be great to have some in our church that are uh, life groups for foster families and then uh, life groups for um, homeschool families, homeschool parents. Tom? Great idea. Woodworking stuff. We had we had a guy in our last church that was um, uh, an ex Sons of Silence gang member, motorcycle gang member. He got saved, got turned on to God, and he came to me one time and started a um, asked if he could do it. He said, "I don't think this is what churches do." I was like, "What?" But um, he started. He would get uh, some of the teenagers together, and they would just. He had an old, nice old hot rod, and they would just work on hot rod, like like rebuild the the carburetor or something. He said, that's the only thing I know how to do. I don't know how to do anything else. He was such a nice guy, but he used to be deadly. And he just, God just changed him, changed him into something powerful. Leader's life group. Leadership, leadership discussion.
Trisha, did you raise your hand? Family, life group, so. Right? Um, one of the life groups that we talked about was um, uh, just going, trying different restaurants. Get a few people together and just, like, once a month go try a new restaurant. What did you call it, Shelby? Foodies. Foodies. Shauna? Camping. Is that one on there? Uh, who, who are you pointing at, Mike? Keith. That's good. I like that. Right. I'm with you. I that that's that kind of thing's up my alley. That's something I there are groups of pastors that get together in Colorado Springs just to discuss the church and politics. They do this regularly. That's all they discuss. Tom? Sure. Anything like that that you, my, my next door neighbor, he came to the rally that General Fuller spoke at. He builds um, model jet planes, not propeller, but small jet planes. I walked in his garage, and he's got little model planes everywhere. He's got like a thousand of them. I walked in his garage, and he's got a jet plane in there. That's got to be a life group somehow. Paul? Language learning, sure. Pick a language. <clears throat> sure, that would be easy. Uh, so Bob Van Cleve talked about this one time, that he would like to have a life group up here at the church like once a month, and they, they um, make pickles, stuff. Uh, Stuffed sausages. Um, all the, he said things that people would like to know how to do, but they don't know how to do it. And he said he could teach them to do that. I told him, Bob, that's a, great, that's a great idea. Make jerky. Make beef jerky. All kinds of things like that. Yes, ma'am.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Linda and I have talked about this a lot. Linda, Linda is the most amazing cook I know. Hands down, the most amazing cook I know. But when we got married, not so much. She could make chicken fried steak and like, that's it. So, so yeah, that would, I mean, you take a, a 25-year-old girl, couple, family, I mean, depending on how their dynamics work, wouldn't they be interested in something like that? So, yeah. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit, okay? Just because we're, we're out of time now, I just want to go over the other two lists. And here's what I would like you to do is if you have ideas, write them down on your piece of paper, email them to the church office because we're out of time. Email them to the church office. But let me go over the list real quick, okay? What? What? Uh, so there's a difference between outreach and community connection, okay? Most of the things that if, you, if we went around the room right now and started talking about outreaches, most of the things that you would bring up will actually not outreaches. They would be community connections, okay? Like the backpack drive. That's not an outreach. That's a community connection. What would constitute an outreach? Somehow, you're going to, to give them the opportunity to know who Jesus is. Somehow, you're either going to give opportunity for fostering the conversation or something, but that's the goal. In the community connection, it's not necessarily about telling them about Jesus. It's just ministering needs and doing things and being there and helping and volunteering and things like that. Okay? So, community connections, backpack drive, costs I love you, parades. We're going to look at this. We're going to go online and look at any functional event that happens in Colorado Springs, like the, the roundup that runs through downtown and stuff like that. We're going to look at all these different subjects, and then we're going to try to figure out ways that we can do an outreach that are part of these, okay? Some may be community connections, some may be outreaches. Handing out bottles of water, popsicles, stuff, anything like that that's a community event that we're allowed to be at that it won't be obtuse. So a small business lunch. We've actually done that a few times. Our staff has taken lunches to like uh, school teachers and things like that in the middle of the day, and it's just a great way to connect. Um, love our teachers, that's what that is. Crossing guards, that's one where take, take hot chocolate. Didn't Daniel and Kara, didn't you guys do that one time? Something like that? You just take snacks and hot chocolate or something to the crossing guards. <laughs> right. <laughs> but think about this. You're a crossing guard in five-degree weather out there and somebody hands you hot chocolate? They might as well be Jesus. I mean, that's huge, right? So um, campus days at some of these. So, so scroll up to that. You can just see any of that kind of stuff that's going on that we can try to connect with, okay? Uh, shut-ins, that's another thing. We're going to really try to be sensitive to some of the n- urgent needs. I saw this online. Some of you may have seen this. When the government shutdown happened, a lot of uh, people, churches were reaching out to people that needed food and stuff. That's, that's good thinking. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about, all right? Outreaches. Um, party at the park, trunk or treat. These are the things that we already do. Oil changes. We did this in our last church, and it was very successful. We just had a day when any single mom or mother of deployed military could come get their oil changed for free. We bought all the oil. We had all the guys there. We rented out a big shop, had four bays, and we did the whole thing. Just changed oil all day long for, for single moms. You talk about ministering, you're, gonna, you're going to be able to talk about Jesus during those moments. Uh, things like that. Gas buy-downs, we did that. We've done that before. We just, they line up. We, we literally had a mile and a half line of cars. We paid for some of their gas. Those are, those are the kind of things we're talking about, okay? 
um, serve meals, Angel Tree, the gun range. We've done this. This is how we first started connecting with the LGBT community was with the gun range. We had about 25 LGBT community peoples that showed up, and we bought their ammunition, and we paid for some of their gun range time, and we trained them in using small firearms. And I, didn't, I never thought when Bob brought that to me, I said, let's do it, Bob. And I thought, they're never going to want to do this. That's a different part of the culture, is it not? They're kind of anti-gun part of the culture. But it was about three months after the Florida nightclub shooting. They filled up down there. We, we thought it would be about 10 guys. There was 25 peoples there. It was, it was great. And we've done it twice, um, that kind of thing, Okay. Uh, go up a little bit further. I think that's it. Right. Okay. So here's what we need you to do. Just think. You don't have to say, this is what I want to do. Just think. On the 17th, we're going to have posters around the walls, and you're going to stick your names to things that say, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to start a life group. I'm going to join a life group. I'm going to do this outreach. Here's another. But we want your ideas. So write them down. When you get home, email them to the church office, office at cabbage.org. Okay? Email it. Let us know some ideas. We want your ideas uh, to happen. Make sense? Yes, and if, you've, if you're writing them down right now and you, and you say, I have no more ideas after these, no matter what, over the next three or four days, then you can hand me that piece of paper tonight. Put them in her box, the little box outside the office. Okay? Um, if, you know you're, if you're the kind that will be laying there in the middle of the night and go, oh, I got an idea, then email it. Okay? Because we want to have a good list that we can say, hey, here's, here's some things we can do. If you know an event around town that the Church of Briargate needs a presence there, let's do it. Let's get excited about it. Okay? Guys, remember when we're doing this, three basic... Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah, you just want you just want people to get saved. That's it. That's guys. It, I, I don't I don't want to overstate this and like in a make us feel guilty kind of way. But guys, we can do this. Every one of us here can do something like this. Just go to your next door neighbor and say, "Hey, would you like to get together for dinner every now and then?" And then just let the conversation happen. You'll talk about Jesus eventually. We can do it. So again, the three things. We want to be excellent in everything we do. Put your time and energy to this kind of stuff. As you're thinking about it, coming up with ideas, and even as we're planning on what we're going to do, let's make it excellent, and let's make it relevant. What are some things that may be not exciting to you, but you know would be legitimate to somebody else? Okay? In our 20-somethings, one of the things we've been doing is on the TV is video games that are playing, um, online video games. And uh, during one of the conversations, I realized there was, there was four or five girls sitting there and about six or seven guys. All the guys were watching the video game. It would be easy 
they're watching a live video. They're watching other people play a video game. Okay, it's an online gaming thing. And um, some of you are like, "What?" But if you if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So um, it would be easy to start some kind of uh, Fortnite or League of Legends or Rust or some kind of life group, Minecraft life group. What? So, so that's the kind of thing. Be creative, be excellent, but then be really authentic. What, what really would minister to me and come up with some of those ideas, okay? So let me pray for us. Write them down on the paper and put them in the box or email them to us. We want as long a list as possible. And then we're also going to be having these same conversations in all of our departments. We already started having this in our men's leadership uh, meeting is what are some things that we could do that are in these categories? What are some outreaches? What are some things... We're going to be doing this kind of stuff, okay? Um, anything before I pray? Anybody but Tom. This is usually when Tom raises his hand. He's not allowed to right here. He can't do this. Any, anybody? Okay, let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for giving us an opportunity to do something for you. And Lord, I pray for every one of us here, but also everyone that, that um, calls Church of Bargate their home. Lord, that we could, we could put our hands to something that we can do something, that we can engage people, that we can, we can put some actual things down in our life that say this is a priority, and, we're, and to the exclusion of other things in our life. And then, God, help us to prioritize and, uh, and, and make these things happen. Lord, I pray, I pray that we can talk to our neighbors, just invite some of them over, that, um, that, we, can, that we can start a life group, that we can be a part of an outreach, a party at the park, do something, Lord, that somebody can come to know you because of our, our heart, our passion for you, and our desire for others to know you. So, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to, to do this, to be the church, to, do, to accomplish this. And Lord, also stir us to do it. Stir us. And, God, we're praying for the 17th that, that, that everybody in our church will connect with some kind of direction that, that can win somebody to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yeah.